everybody to q a quest number what are we at right now i i want to say it's number three it's a hundred and something 103? 103 yeah that's what i think 103 okay that's a nice i think that's a prime number is it a prime number uh i mean pr- probably we'll go with probably probably okay so yes uh wheels is not with us at the moment he is currently digging himself out of about 500 cubic feet of snow apparently and it is his plan to make the world's largest snow cone um we've been trying to argue him out of butter flavor because you know the whole yellow snow thing but he seems really insistent on it yeah he should be back soonish we hope i mean like it might take a while to dig through and actually form that into a snow cone but i believe in him yeah so uh how are you feeling dave you sound a little down oh well that's just me every week but uh it's (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. I'm down because I've been playing Tales of Vesperia. Ha 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 ha. Well, go you. Whereas I am currently, for some strange reason, upbeat and perky while playing Darkest Dungeon. Oh, man. I yeah. hear it's dark there. I am half inspired to actually write a review of this thing in the voice of H.P. Lovecraft. I mean, no, no, no objective review style here. No, I mean, let's see how many times we can use the word squamous and rujos, and then discuss the, like, the ins- the onset of panic, which makes it almost impossible to actually choose a character to do something for items. I'm I'm having some troubles with the interface at times, <laughs> and I choose to blame it on the incipient madness inherent to the game itself. It's it's doing exactly as planned. Yes. So, how is your week? Uh, it's it's been long. I was uh, without power for a while there. Oh, that's but, not good. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I didn't die, so I won't complain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like, really, the only thing worth bringing up is the video games. But I mean, like, no one wants to hear me talk about No More Heroes because that's not an RPG, and no one wants to hear me talk about Tales of Vesperia because I've complained about that game enough. <laughs> yeah, I heard. I have heard good things about Darkest Dungeon. It is definitely an experience. <laughs> that's, and, that's what I want at this point in my life. Yeah, I mean, among other things, the fact that it starts with a warning saying this game is hard, expect to die. Second, that it gives you free recruiting options. Hmm. Free. And, like, no charge. Because the expected it. turnover is really insane. And three, it's got a sanity gauge or a sanity stat that consistently goes up just by walking. Anything that's not being that's not being in the Darkest Dungeon is going to make you more sane. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So, like, is I, I presume that's a first-person dungeon crawler, just based on the name, but I've never actually... No, it's not, actually. It is a <laughs> side-scrolling third-person dungeon crawler, sort of, that looks like... Um, I mean, it's definitely indicative of the post-Flash generation of gaming. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, most of the actual action is walking straight ahead through different side view dun- um, side view corridors because mm. 
backing up can actually cause more stress to your characters. Hmm. And of course, uh, um, every character literally has space for 10 quirks. These quirks, pos- um, I mean, even a lot of the positive quirks would count as like neuro- um, neuroses or hmm. actual psychoses in real life. Some of the positive ones do. The, hmm. You can only imagine what the negative ones are like. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> do I have to? I choose not to. But yeah, when when one of my first recruited characters was a Vestal priest, it's basically a nun mm-hmm. whose starting quirk, positive starting quirk, was nymphomania. Uh, that seems difficult for a nun to deal with, but I mean, like, whatever her sect allows. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, um, to, to quote the old joke, Sects, sects, sects. That's what all you priests and th- monks think about. Some would call it an old joke. Many would call it a classic. I call it a stinker, but yeah. Also true. So, okay, so do we have any actual questions to ask, answer right now? Oh, I'm sure we do. I just, like, nothing from last week, which means I actually have to poke through and figure out which ones we didn't answer last time. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of amazed that, like, our usual, usual gallery has not say anything. Our, yeah. I mean, were you guys that down after I left last week? <laughs> I don't know what to blame it on, but I mean, probably. <laughs> yep. We had a lot of time for me and Wheels to ramble about Pokemon card games again for some reason, so really that's the problem. Clearly this is death in the ratings. Mm-hmm. Our last quarter hour, we were murdered by, uh, I don't know, I can't think of another podcast to end this joke with. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you have to imagine that somebody should have at least one question based on the hour or so before I left. Yeah, you would hope. But I don't know, maybe, maybe people were just busy. I'll choose to believe that. <laughs> oh, man. I guess I will... Like, I'm going to indulge myself while I look at these questions and ramble a bit about my replay of Vesperia. Mm-hmm. Which is more just a broader thought about, like, the post-PS2 era of JRPGs. Which is that, uh, as they got more cinematic, the game's cinematography took a very long time to become not awful. There's so, a bit of a learning curve involved. Yeah, so, like... You get these bits where it's like, this is supposed to be like an action scene is playing out in this cutscene. And like, it's trying to, it, it does zoom the camera in because the p- character models are finally of a, of a quality where they can do that. But like, it's super stilted and awful looking. <laughs> it's just like, oh, please stop. <laughs> and it just, it keeps happening every time there's like any sort of action within cutscenes. It's it's weird because like i mean it's a tales game like you're used to action happening because that's how the combat system works but the when the story needs to propel things forward with action it just sort of like there's always these awkward like loading pauses while it switches to the next shot it's very strange looking just sort of reminds you of how the growing pains in that like early era of hd jrpgs where they just didn't really Hadn't really come up with good solutions around that. Which is, I mean, so you mean it's kind of showing its origins as a port of some sort? I like, I wouldn't even say it's necessarily a port, but it, it it's showing its origins as the team that made Tales of the Abyss 
went mm-hmm. off and they made another Tales game. And they didn't change much about how they were going to go about it, except that they chose to make an HD game. And so you get these HD assets that you expect them to do more with, but like they're still very, like anytime they have to move the models around for a cutscene, they're still very rooted in that PS2 mindset of like, you can do a close up and like sort of imply action, but don't actually show it because it's going to look like garbage. So basically, they were kind of developing for the previous game. Yeah, basically. It's not until something like. It's not until the later ones, like probably around Exilia, that they finally get a handle on that. Which is a weird thing for me to say because I don't actually like Exilia, but it is better about this. <laughs> okay, well, there's an interesting topic. Which, which sequels were technically better, but not as good as their previous entries yeah the ones that just like everything about this is probably better if i were to just compare like for like but i don't actually think it works out as well as a whole yeah and and you know vesperia is probably something i would put in that mold i mean like i've but that's already something i've mentioned so i'll try to pull out something a bit more uh relevant i guess uh do you have anything in mind or well, I was thinking um, the Maple Story 3DS single-player game. Oh yeah, which was undisputably better technically than the DS game because it, it had a better range of movement, better animations, better graphics overall, um, some really interesting secondary um, mechanics. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the sec the first game was undeniably a better told story. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough. Actually, it was four better told stories. <laughs> so it was also four. It was also about a good sixty to seventy percent longer than the three DS game. Getting the intangibles going is uh... yeah. Plus, I liked the um, like in the first Maple Story game, you could collect. Um, there was a small chance that you could get cards, like um, like a collect monster cards. Um, mm-hmm. From certain, from different types of enemies, and if you could collect all of them on one page of the collection sheet, then you would get a bonus permanent mm-hmm. for every other game, pl- um, every other character played on the same game save. But the 3DS game instead had a sort of achievement system. There was like, um, was like survive a certain um, status ailment a certain number of times, or defeat a certain number of enemies with a particular technique. And some of these were frankly impossible because, for example, the freezing, the frozen status ailment only happened in one stage. Hmm. Total. I got frozen once. <laughs> um, one of the later achievements said, okay, kill 100 enemies using this one ability that ta- literally takes 90% of your mana. Uh, that, seem, that seems like a lot. I'm just going to say that right now. Yes. I mean, there were things like that that were just some of the grindiest crap you'd ever imagine. (laughs) And that was something that, I mean, the first, I mean, for being a Maple Story game, the first game, first single player game was remarkably non grindy. Hmm. I mean, it it didn't even have, um, it didn't really even have fetch quests. Mm. Yeah. There was literally one fetch quest in Maple Story DS, and that was a plot point to try and teach this one character humility. <laughs> but about four chapters... Oh, I think you told us about that like, one. I remember that one being yeah, kind of fun. Like, yeah, the, the archer's plot, still my one of my favorite Fall from, fall from Grace storylines I've ever seen in a video game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the 3DS game was fun. It just wasn't nearly as good as the DS game in terms of everything that it was trying to do. Mm. Except for combat, where it was, I mean, you could actually aim up and down. (laughs) Yeah, that's... It it can be really hard, especially, like, when you're trying to evaluate that sort of game, because it's like, well, I mean... Like, it does do a lot of things better. I just don't like it as much. Yeah. So that's when you have to figure out, okay, why don't I like it as much? Yeah. And how can I do a review properly without name-dropping the first game, the previous game I liked more, more often? Yeah. Like, it it can be appropriate to make that comparison sometimes, but if you spend the entire time, like, people are going to think you have an axe to grind. Yeah. Or that you're an Otterland reviewer. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Like all the things I can think of are generally not RPGs because a lot of the RPG sequels I play are very different from their predecessors. You know, they're things that, where you can't really compare them like for like. So, like, like I can Chrono think, Trigger and Chrono Cross. <laughs> yeah, like they're like I don't like Chrono Cross as much, but I also they're it's such an apples and oranges comparison that you would never really bring one up in relation to the other unless you were trying to warn someone that like this is not a sequel in the way you were thinking. Yep. Um. Most, I mean, so far in my experience, the 3DS Metabots games hmm. are much nicer graphics and not nearly as good as the DS game. Hasn't <laughs> <laughs> uh, that series been having some? Hasn't that series been having some issues the past few years? Yeah, uh, I mean, they re- they re-released the original five Game Boy Color games on a collection 3DS hmm. cartridge. Which I'm going to get at some point, just so I can actually... I mean, that's a lot of games, as far as you're going to... That's a surprising amount of... uh, A surprisingly large collection of RPGs. Mm Mm-hmm. So, it'll be interesting to see what the original series was like. Um, I've been tempted to try and get the Game Boy Advance... Actually, I do have one of the Game Boy Advance games, the first one. The second one costs literally over $100. (gasps) I think one of the GBA ones is one of the only ones they ever released in English. Yes. Um, I'm trying to figure out if it's the same one that costs $100 over here so I can see if I can get it a lot cheaper in America. <laughs> if I could find it at all, because, I mean, the American secondhand games market is awful. Yeah, you have to be really careful, especially with things like on the GBA and DS, because you'll get a lot of, like, bootlegged ones that just, well, they'll work for the first few hours and then something will break. Or, I mean, just finding finding a place to buy it at all that's not online. Yeah, like you're finding it a place, like you're really at the mercy of, well, uh, what does your mom and pop game store happen to stock? Yeah. I mean, seriously, if you ever want to just come over and visit sometime, I will put you through a tour of all of the local video game stores. Ah, oh, sweet. I can finally go to Den Den Town. Well, I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking like <laughs> literally the, the little place that's half a mile from my apartment. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, with the, um, I mean, I I walked into a GameStop in America and I'm like, okay, why is there so much space between everything on the shelves? <laughs> I mean, everything is laid out flat so that you can clearly see the cover and there's a good half, co- um, like a half package space between each pa- um, game. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I mean, a good game store, you literally cannot see the shelves because they're so full with stuff. 
Yeah, like at best, if you're if you're gonna be able to tell what something is before pulling it off the shelf, it's because its name is written on its spine. That's why they write the names on the spines. Yeah. So. You'll be charged less because the OB is missing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one, the one, um, cry, um, like the one local video game store back home that I went to. I mean, they admitted to me that yeah, they they have to accept. DS um, like DS and 3DS games without the package most of the time because nobody saves it. That is so weird to me. Like it made perfect sense to me on like the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance because like those were cardboard; they'd get destroyed unless you were being very careful with them. But yeah. with the DS and 3DS, like they're perfectly nice plastic shelves. Why would you throw them away? It's super hard to keep track of where your cartridges are. They're so small. Yeah, I mean, in in the Japanese stores, that's the exception. There's, yeah. um, I mean. I know a place that has a lot, a small, uh, like a wall at the end of the shelf that's got all the cartridges and little plastic specimen bags stapled to the wall, and that's still the very much the exception, even for Game Boy Color games. Hmm. That's. I've always enjoyed looking at like the Japanese uh, Game Boy and Game Boy Color boxes because they are so differently designed mm-hmm. and colorful. Yeah, yeah, they're real colorful. Then again, they also had backlit Game Boys. Screen technology and that is actually really interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm usually just I'm more of a, usually more of a fan of the Japanese cover art anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm now looking, I just googled Japanese Game Boy box art, and for some reason, it's giving me a uh, slime Mori Mori box art, which means that Google understands me better than I hoped. <laughs> well, if you ever want a copy of that, it's like five bucks over here. Nice. I love... Like, it is impossible to draw anything happier than the slime in the slime Mori Mori box art, so... Oh, yes. Yeah. I think I only ever bought one Japanese GBA game, and it was mostly out of a sense of, like, I'd like to just sort of have this, and I still have the box for that one. That one was uh, Gyakuten Saibon 3. Uh, Speaking of games that you really cannot play without a good knowledge of Japanese. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was one of those things where it's, like, aspirationally, maybe one day if I ever have, like, the kind of time and self-will to actually learn, maybe I'll one day play this in its native language, but I don't honestly expect to. (laughs) Yeah. Well, on the plus side, Slime Mori Mori, um, that entire series, you really don't need to know Japanese to play it. It's, uh, it's... It's a pretty simple sort of game, so which yeah. helps. I mean, I, I used to add. Um, I mean, this was non-standard for the RP Gamer reviews, but I always added a um, language barrier, which is really useful side. when you're contemplating like an import game. Yeah, Slime Mori Mori One was the only game I ever marked as minimal for <laughs> for language barrier. Um, like, there's exactly one point where you really do need to pay attention to what people are saying so you can figure out where to go next and that's um, and you can just say talk, literally talk to everyone and find out where grandma slime is hiding in the water tower and that's it <laughs> you'll wander into her eventually yeah like in in rpgs that's especially like a, since you know rp gamers really only going to see things that have at least some degree of text density even if it's supposed to be very simple yeah so. and i mean more i'm slime more and more even made it easier by putting little text bubbles up above the heads of slimes that you have not talked to yet in town. Oh, that's super useful. That's... Yes. That's actually how you end up finding... Hello? 
Did I cut out? Where she's sitting. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> no, I'm here. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's a. Uh... It's. I, I really do enjoy the look of like it, it's always interesting to see the kinds of changes to the general box style that happens when uh, in localization because it's just like you know with an American Game Boy box it's like the first thing that they did was just give it like this big stark Game Boy font that like all of them use and it's very different looking than what you'd see on the side of a Japanese Game Boy box and that and the the tendency to put as many characters as possible into the front cover. <laughs> I mean, um, Google the Romancing Saga PS2 cover art for Japanese for Japan and the one for America, and you can probably easily guess which one I prefer. Let's go take a look at this. I remember the American box art because that was one of those situations where I looked at it and I was shocked when I finally picked up a copy. Because it was a complete inbox, like mint copy, but it was like four dollars at a GameStop because the game had sold that poorly. Uh, I wish. I, I mean, I wish it hadn't, but I mean, unfortunately, it, it part of that is the legacy is unlimited. Yeah. But let's see, is this? Uh, yep. Oh, that's a, that's a nice. Uh, yeah. Very like just the minstrel. Yeah. So. I mean, the the Japanese cover art is artistic. The American cover art is cluttered. There's a lot going on here. <laughs> yeah. Because for some reason they decided that they absolutely had to show every possible main character in the a game that has, like, seven or eight. Um, so. And that is, like, I mean, it's more character-driven than most Saga games, but it's still not, like, the most character-driven RPG in the world to begin with. I mean, it really depends on which character you choose. Always true, always true. It always reminds me of, like, looking at the Saga Frontier box art and being like, which of these is that? I don't remember. Yeah. Well, one of them is a robot, so that's good. Yeah, I mean, it's not... Uh, like, the, the American cover only shows one of the heroes, and I always forget which one. Oh, it's... According to Wikipedia, it's depicting blue. But, I mean, none of the characters in Saga Frontier in-game look very much like their official art, so... I forgive myself for yeah. not being able to tell. <laughs> it's very important that every so often in the game it gives you a load screen that shows what your character is officially supposed to look like. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, we ha we do have a question right now. Oh, useful. What's this? Yep. From the um, mysterious Mr. Tire. Mm -hmm. mm. Why is Alliance Alive the RPG of 2018? That's, that's quite a claim to make when this mysterious man cannot be here, when a friend of this mysterious man cannot be here to discuss it. Yes. Uh, I suppose it's because it was very important that... Uh, the... Somebody, obviously. <laughs> I mean, evidently. Oh, quite, yes. Uh, I need to actually finish it, so I will not say why it is the RPG of 2018, but apparently it is. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it's... I mean, it's a lot of the things that fans wanted from a classic JRPG experience, like, for example, like what they thought they were getting with Bravely Default. Yeah, yeah. Here. Um, and yeah, at the same time, it managed to, among other things, actually make the different characters a bit more different looking and um, managed to have an, um, like a, 
character optimization system that did not rely on funny hats and was a bit more malleable to what everyone to do with it. It was a little better paced as well, which was important. Like yes. it, it nailed it, it gets it gets to the point relatively quickly, which is one of those things that I think people tend to miss about certain older RPGs is just not having enough space to not get to the point. Yeah. Um, and it had a an oversized rubber ducky mecha with machine guns. That's really powerful. Um, also, just that sort of Suicoden-ish uh, style that comes from having the Suicoden scenario writer and also like a setup where you kind of recruit people into an alliance. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, it's a lot of things that you don't get to see that often. Oh, hey, you're answering the question from our mysterious stranger. Oh, yes, so we this. are. Oh, so would you like to weigh in on this? Yes, the Alliance Alive. Yes. Uh, so, for me, um, uh, so, uh, when did Le- Legend of Legacy come out? The year before, right? I want to say 2016, 2015? Yeah. 2015. So, so oh, that... 2015 in Japan. I think it was Actually, 20... no, wait, 2016 in Japan because it was January, but it was 2015 yeah. when I first saw the trailer and thought, oh, wow, cool. I think it was yeah. 2017 when it actually came out here. Um, but uh, for me, that was one of my favorite games that year, and it um, uh, had just had great combat. It had this interesting setting and like lots of stuff to mess around with. But kind of the problem was um, the story was too light. Like I, I have no problem with this RPG with a light story, but it felt like there should have been more there, and there just wasn't. Um, um. I mean, I, I did the original review just because I could, haha. And then <laughs> I had to note that, yep, um, this is not a, really a story about the main characters. It is a story about the island. Exactly, yeah. Um, and you're most, uh, most of what progresses the story is you finding out what happened at the beginning of the island. Right. It was, um, I mean, why did it sink in the first place? Yep. And it's, we- it's weird because it's like, okay, you pick your main character and there's like this whole story introduction and then kind of nothing becomes that. So, yeah, I mean, to some extent, it even almost feels like they intended more and just it didn't happen. But um, so fast, fast forward to the Alliance Alive. And to me, this game has been like everything. I almost everything I wanted out of a sequel to that game, like great mm-hmm. story. Really, really quality localization. Like, just it's been absolutely fantastic. And uh, I, I mean, I I have almost no complaints. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's just been an absolute blast. The characters are fun. The setting is interesting. So it uh, it kind of feels like Legend of Legacy was almost the tech demo. Exactly. Exactly. And it really, it's I'd say the most polished saga game that's ever been produced, which is funny because it's not even a soccer game. I've made a similar comment in the review too, yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, yeah it's a it's a saga game. It's yeah. okay, not officially, but you know what? <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah. I mean that that was the first thing to hit all of the Japanese um Twitter comments on Legend of Legacy when it was when the first trailer came out it was like, Wow, this is a saga game. <laughs> In everything but actual name. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that that was pretty much my RPG of 2018. 
uh, as much as it was the year of Monster Hunter, uh, overall, Alliance Alive was my RPG of the year. For well, sure. It was, my, it was my RPG of the year for 2017. Nice. Yeah. I mean, for 2018, I didn't really play a lot of new items, except for a Hero U Rogue to Redemption, which was... so. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, which reminds me, I really need to finish writing that, finish um, typing up the impression for um, this new Quest for Glory style game that's supposed to be coming out um, Thursday of next one. week. Sweet. Yeah, called Mage's Initiation. <laughs> which and it is a lot heavier on the adventure puzzle side of the genre equation. Much heavier. Yeah. Uh, I assume it's by different people. Um. From, I'm given to understand that the that several of the people in the studio that make that is making it were involved with the VGA remake of Quest for Glory 2, the fan one. Ah. So, yeah. So not actually connected to the the Quest for Glory development group, but very, very, very connect. Um, like emotionally connected to it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm going to have to check that out, along with uh, Rogue to Redemption, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I need to play that. Yeah, Ro- Rogue to Redemption still has one of my favorite bits where you can completely avoid actually fighting any of the bosses in the game. <laughs> so, inclu- including the one where your actual best strategy, unless you've been really optimizing for combat, is to run away from the battle and tell the paladin in the cat in, in the school that what is actually down there in the catacombs and she gets rid of it for you nice yeah so but yeah so hmm anything else you've been playing right lately uh obviously we're still uh knee deep and uh need a new name for it other than pokemon fever pokemania there you go uh so i've actually gone back to uh, I'm currently stuck in Ultra Sun at one of the uh, uh, totem fights, so I picked like the grass starter, and I'm stuck at the fire totem, and just uh, gonna have to do some grinding there. But so I went back to Moon to do some of the post-game stuff, and so right now I'm hunting Ultra Beasts, which is pretty fun. Uh, but I also dug farther into Black and White, and so far it's been really, really good. It seems the most polished of like the old old formula uh even more so than probably x and y so mm-hmm. looking forward to playing more of that yeah well right now i'm just i mean i've been uh, finding um, darkest dungeon to be strangely captivating in its <laughs> insanity and I, I know we joked about it being like a roguelike earlier and like okay it's not exactly like a rogue not exactly a roguelike because yeah you do gain stuff. It's just that you you die at least as much as if it's a roguelike. Yeah. It's a very interesting game. Yes. Yeah. And in other news, I'm gearing up to try and... Actually, I'm currently um, doing some re- redaction and um, improvements on those... Uh, that's one series of stories I keep trying to sell on Amazon. Nice. Yeah. So the second episode should be going back live um, probably Thursday this week. What? With uh, yeah, I've been getting new, um, like new cover art and stuff. Excellent. Yeah. 
I may grab some of those. I'm going to try getting some books on my tablet and maybe try well, doing some well, reading. Might as well uh, send you over to the first one then, at least. Yeah. So, I mean, as I said, it's like episodes of a series, so they're all fairly short. and That, that seems perfect fairly, for me right now. Fairly cheap. <laughs> so. Yeah, make sure you send me the link. Yeah, Check oh, it out. Getting it right now. Sweet. I think this is the first time, and this is probably partially because I posted this episode way late, but it's <laughs> the first time in a while we haven't had any comments. Living in the future where we've destroyed it. Yeah. <laughs> How's that working out? Uh, I regret. I miss the future. <laughs> yeah. Wheels, I already took my swing at Vesperia, so neither of us is allowed to anymore. <laughs> oh. Yes. So... Well, what games are we looking forward to this year? Oh, Kingdom Hearts question. 3 comes out in almost exactly a week. <laughs> are we looking forward to it, however? That's the question. Eight I mean, days. I feel like I mean, two of us are, at the very least. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, it's the new Atelier game coming out in nine days. Uh, it's the crowd of January. <laughs> so, is that... I don't remember how far behind we are. Is that the uh, the one that goes back to the Arlen series, or is that the... Uh... Uh, no, um, it's the massive crossover one for PlayStation. Uh, I was I was about okay. to ask if this is Adelie or All-Stars or whatever. Pretty close. It, it, more, it seems more like Tales of the World Atelier style. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm cautiously... Not, I'm not sure if I can describe myself as optimistic, but curious. I'm... I'm I'm curious in a positive sense about it. I just want to see what happens. Hmm. Um, and then Atelier Lulua, I'm not quite sure when that one is coming out, but it's not coming out on anything I can play right now. Uh. Um, I don't think it's coming out on Vita. Maybe. I mean, I'm not sure if I would want it on Vita given the current track record <laughs> with that company. You but, play it uh, on PC, those ports are great. Oh. <laughs> Uh, I, who knows, the PC ports may go better on my new computer than on the old one. Yeah, that's uh, true. Though, I mean, to be fair, I actually got pretty good at taking advantage of slowdown in Atelier Sophie in order to actually whack monsters upside the head before battle properly. <laughs> nice. I, I've been learning to do the same thing with uh, Xenon Valkyrie Plus whenever the slowdown, the lag gets too bad and I have to be dodging. It's usually when I have to be dodging about eight bullets at once. And it's it good. Gives, yeah, yeah. There's this one large monster in the third zone that will shoot out like ten little bullets up in the air, and they just kind of settle down. And if the game if the game has been running for too long, then it gets laggier and laggier. And that particular enemy, in conjunction with like a couple flamethrowers nearby or other enemies nearby, it will just slow it down to like four FPS. Oof. Oh, yeah. good. But the game still responds pretty well, which means I am suddenly in bullet time, basically. Engine, PowerPoint. Yeah. So it's. Uh, yeah, I for like. <laughs> now I'm just I I was like halfway formulating like a joke about the game being written uh, about the uh, Adelie or Lua being written in Lua, but I don't think that uh, the joke actually works. So I apologize. I'm sure we also will get a good chuckle. So. Yes. At least it's for someone. 
Yeah, looks like Lulua is going to be only PS4 and Switch. It'll get brought to Steam when the American version comes over. Yeah. Uh, pick up a Switch, it's good. You got, uh, you got... Oh, I, mean, I, I picked up a Vita last year, so I'm going to have to wait at least one more Christmas before I try and talk Nozomi into getting me another video game system. Fair uh, enough, fair enough. Yeah. So, And plus, well, there's then, still some good stuff to pick up for Vita as well. Uh, I just realized Super Robot Wars T is in March. There's too many games in March. There's too many games in January. There's almost nothing in February. <laughs> that's to give you time to play all the stuff that's coming out next week. Yeah, I gotta play Resident Evil 2 Remake. My favorite RPG. Yeah, you go do that, sure. <laughs> I Listen, mean, yeah. I've got I've got a lot of fondness for for this zombie shoot game, and also it uses ragdoll physics to destroy you, which is very important. I know, some of us are just not very big fans of zombies or contagion horror. <laughs> Spe- speaking of which, I have a... National Novel Writing Month's plural uh, project just finished and typed up that needs some reading and it is basically what happens when somebody like me who absolutely despises zombies and contagion horror decides to write a story based on it. (laughs) What could go wrong? Quite a few things, honestly, but it actually turned out kind of interesting if depressing. Uh, That seems fitting. (laughs) Yeah. And not nearly as bloody or graphic as you would expect. So. You can you can do a lot of things in that space. They're almost all depressing, but you can do something that's not horrendously horrendously graphic. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Do we do we want to espouse on the uh, the year forthcoming in RPGs? We should, considering well, no one no one asked any questions except the mysterious Mr. Tires. Yes. Yes. I've, I've met him once, and he seemed like a real jerk. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, that's just the road rage talking, dude. I think he handed my good friend Wheels a copy of Prince of Persia to hand to me. I think it maybe was because Wheels gave him the copy of Mugen Souls. Uh, gotta give him that on Steam. Uh, it's oh it's like song no. giving ulcers. Okay. But yeah, uh, do we have a decent idea of what comes out after the first three months? Because there's a lot in the first three months, and then a lot that's like, well, it might come out in 2019. Yeah, um, I'm going to make the bold prediction that Final Fantasy VII Remake Part One does not come out in this year. You know, I think um, in one of the like the poll things or whatever that Severin's been trying to get us organized on. I think he specifically said, no, don't even try Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Well, there, there is the unannounced, but supposed to be coming out this year, Pokemon game. Oh, yeah, Gen 8. Gen 8's happening. I'm interested yeah. in that. Yeah. I do, mean, it's certainly they... on. It's certainly the kind of thing that would be on the schedule. Do um, they usually do it like this, announce it, and then release it the same year? I mean, yeah. No, I mean, it, I mean okay. it's like usually two to about... It's like two years between... Um, Generations, and then they usually have a something, at least one thing published in between. So, like for last year, it would have been Pokemon um, Let's, Let's Go. Go. So, but, but yeah, yeah, like... yeah, so at least over here for Japan, next week we've got Kingdom Hearts on a Friday. Actually, this Friday, which is that's a global really... launch. Yeah, Bio um, Resident Evil and Kingdom Hearts Three are both releasing on Friday, which is 
really weird for Japan. Thursday is always the release date, which is where we get Atelier Nelke hmm. and uh, Dragon Marked for Death on Switch. Oh yeah, that looks neat. Interesting. That's by Inti Creates. Yep. And uh, oh, there's another Fate game. Yeah. Okay. There's um, hundreds of those. Yeah, I have to wonder why it's like they've overextended the brand so much in the last two decades. Okay. Yep. I know just people that are more into it than ever somehow. It's very strange. Yeah, weird. Let's see. Uh, next month, Jan uh, February, we've got Langrisser 1 and 2 collection hmm. coming out. I wonder in... if anyone takes a chance on those in the West. Yeah. Hope so, because at least the first two were pretty good. Um, Arc of Alchemist from Compile Heart, which has aspirations of being mediocre, at least, we can hope. I was, I was just going to guess that that's them attempting to knock off the Atelier games. I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't be the only time you've seen a game with Alchemist in it. Yeah, um, it wouldn't be, but it just it seems like the sort of thing they do. <laughs> yeah. Um, not an RPG, but Catherine Full Body Edition is coming out next... On Valentine's Day, in fact. <laughs> That's a very, very Atlas choice. Yes. Um, and... Victor Vran Overkill Edition is coming out over here. Nice. Oh, that's, that's Again a good on, game. Feb on Valentine's Day. Also romantic. And oh, oh, even better, the next game down on the list here Omega Labyrinth Z. Featuring no. Publisher the Best Edition. Nope. Yeah. Nope, nope. So just to remind everybody um, Omega Labyrinth series is one of the two that I know of that makes use of the lowercase Omega, which is this very curvy kind of W shape. Uh, the first one is Compile Hearts Omega Quintet, where it's arranged to look like a kitty cat smiley face, um, like emoji. And for Omega Labyrinth series, it is very obviously incorporated into the bust of the girl on the front cover. Like, I instinctively remember the name Omega Labyrinth, remembered nothing about it except, hmm, I associate this mentally with boobs, so... And... If, I mean, I'm not sure what the second game is about, but the first game was literally this group of girls at an academy for magic is going down into the dungeons under the academy to find a magical secret that will give them larger boobs. Finally. That is literally the reason they go adventuring, and their power levels are, like, exhibited through cup size. Well, okay, I'm done. Um, and so, can we can we really guess why Omega Labyrinth Z was cancelled for overseas release? <laughs> hmm. I'm not sure if I'm really clear. I can pretty much imagine pretty easy. What are you um, insinuating? I don't have to insinuate everything. Anything. The game itself <laughs> kind of tells you. Um, let's see. Um, doesn't look like anything else for RPG-wise for the rest of the month. Oh, never mind. Here we go. Wizards Symphony. Arc System Works. For oh. February 28th. And anything else? What in, what in the world is work time's work? Oh, never mind. That's the like the part-time worker adventurer thing from Furyu. Is this a light novel? <laughs> no. Hmm. It's called Work Time's Work, and I vaguely remember hearing about this. We're going to have to look it up at some point. Um, yeah, but that's it for... February. Got anything from February March? In, uh, in March. Do we get anything in February? There's stuff here. Oh, we finally get Atrian Odyssey Nexus in February in North America. 
Yeah. And another certain special RPG. Yes, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney Trilogy. No, that's not an RPG. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Monster. Let's see what we got here. March in Japan. No, we no, have... we're still on February. We're still on February. <laughs> Yokai Watch 3. American release in Damn February. It. Go ahead, just say it. Yokai Watch 3. Oh, okay, really cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yokai Watch 3 in America. Already came out in some reason. Wheels is still endlessly jealous. I, I have, I have no comment on. Also, so, um, Anthem, I guess, happens. I don't think any of us cares. Yeah. Let's see. In Japan for March, we've got the Odin Sphere and Dragon's Crown, PS4 um, versions. Um, no, new price versions. Okay, they've already they were uh, previously released. And Destiny Connect from Nipponichi. I was thinking is. of a very different thing when I heard the phrase Destiny Connect. Yeah. <laughs> and from Ubisoft, The Division 2, which it, I'm guessing... Ooh, yes. That's Japan? Yes. It comes out in Japan for PlayStation 4, and it's categorized as an RPG. It yeah, is. I mean, it is. It's Destiny, yeah. but with Tom Clancy's. Tom and Clancy's Atelier, Lulua, Atelier Lulua comes out on March 20th. And right. on the same day as Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon, everybody. And Super Robot Wars T. Yes. That was going to be the next one, yes. All for PS4 and... Yeah. So yeah, Switch is going to be my next console purchase. Also, pleasingly for me, the Switch version of uh, Super Robot Wars T is confirmed to be coming out in English in Asia, which is... All I needed to know. <laughs> yeah. And let's see. Um, March 28th. Konosubarashi Sekai ni Kofukuo I think this is based on an anime. Oh, this has to be based on a light novel. With this kind of title, it has to be originally a light novel of some sort. It could have been an anime later, but it, that's a light novel title. Yeah, probably. I mean, you don't I manage have... to stick in it. You don't manage to stick most of a functioning Japanese sentence into the title without being either being a light novel or a joke on a light novel. Konosubarashi Sekai ni Yeah, Shukufukuo. not ko. Shukufukuo. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. That's most of nor like North American anime fans would recognize that one, but uh, probably wouldn't have read the light novel. <laughs> yeah. And Call of Cthulhu. Oh, it's coming out in Japan. It says adventure game, but you know what? I'm going to think it might be something weird. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. Kono Tsubashi Sakaini. Um, that one's coming out on Vita, too, but I might just skip that one. That's fair. That's I'm not going to be spending $80 for a title I really don't recognize. Licensed RPGs always turn out great. Sergeant Frog RPG. Okay, yes. But Is also... the exception that proves the rule. Yes, that. <laughs> and I don't mean prove as in show it's real. I mean prove in the original meaning of it tests it and finds the rest of the world wanting. Okay. <laughs> and see, Oh, let's see what we have for April. Not much listed here. Um, oh, we have a... Uh, um, a Zune Project game coming out for PS4. Toho Project. Fushigi no Genso Kai and Lotus Labyrinth, yeah. It's it's another one of the... Uh, I'm guessing it's another one of the fan games that they have um, this project to upgrade and release on actual consoles. 
Yeah, yeah. And Final Fantasy X, to HD Remaster for Switch. I have it for Vita. I'm going to be doing X-10-2 eventually. I love X-10-2. Yeah. Oh, and Final Fantasy XII Zodiac Age for Switch. Yeah, that, and in North America, those are both April, and I think they're both the same day. Probably. And but is Sword Art Online Hollow Realization Deluxe Edition coming out that day? God. Who cares if it is? I don't. Okay. I don't either. Is, is, that just, is, is that just a port to Switch? Yeah, that's the game so. that came out on PS4, right? Yeah, that's one of the yeah. like all of them. All the Sword Art Online games have like the same name, but I'm pretty sure that that one has happened before. Yeah. Okay, and beyond April in Japan, we just have Spring 2019, mm-hmm. of which two of the games are RPGs. By our definition, one of them would be Yakuza 5 PS4 edition, and the other one's Yokai Watch 4 sometime this spring, maybe. We also will be playing that in summer of next year. We hope. Because otherwise, it, it, otherwise, it'll be like 2025 by the time you get it. Yep. Um, and then also, oh, La Mulana 2 for Switch. Oh, that's a cute game. That's yeah. Neat. It's a ridiculously difficult game. Yeah, but it's neat. <laughs> yep. And, yeah, Japan doesn't have any schedule, even a soft schedule, past April. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that, like, you can find that's like, oh, it comes out probably sometime this year, maybe. (laughs) So you'll get, like, things with, like, the recently announced The Outer Worlds or uh, Town, which is probably soft confirmed to be sometime this year in both... Uh, the West and in Japan, but I mean, we'll probably hear more about that eventually, because I'm pretty sure that's still just a working title anyway. Yeah. Town was the I mean, uh, Game Freak RPG they announced last year. Yeah, I mean, it's not uncommon for Japanese RPGs to announce three months before release. Huh. So, um, we might be low, some... low profile ones. Yeah. No, I mean, like, Gust. It used to be pretty common that they would announce in March and release in June for all of their main series titles. Oh. That was like clockwork for ten years. Wow. I mean, you kind of knew that one was coming, you just didn't find out what the title would be until early March. Get to find out what weird alchemist name you're going to be remembering. Oh, it'll always be the shortened nickname of whatever the girl's name is, almost always. True, true, true. God, they actually showed this trailer for town. Looks neat. But, uh, yeah, I mean, past past March, things get real murky in terms of what will actually be coming out when in uh, North America. So, But, hey, we get, uh, I don't know, the, the Caligula effect overdose? Someone's into that. I mean, that, that was such an interesting concept to start with, and um, I was just kind of sad to hear that they decided to go with the let's literally re- be able to recruit everybody in the school and not give anybody much of a personality. Yeah, I'd hope they could fix some of that with Overdose, but I don't actually expect them to. <laughs> they apparently made like a bunch of new content, but I mean, lacking for content was not what the problem was. So, Yeah. Uh, I just really like the idea of basically Hatsune Miku bootstrapping herself up into a true uh, artificial intelligence and then plugging all of her fans into an internet. <laughs> it's, it's, it seems like where they want to be anyway. Yeah, so that they can, liter- they can live the best years of their life on infinite repeat. 
finally I can be in high school forever. I love it. It's it's weird because like that functions as an interesting meta commentary on the amount of games starring high schoolers, especially like or especially also anime as well that are about high schoolers and just doing that same period over and over. But I mean, like, I'm not sure if the game actually pulls that off in any meaningful fashion. I'm also so <laughs> disappointed that the the name of the adventure of the main character's club in that game was not changed to the Homecoming Club or something like that. Because <laughs> that would have been yeah. perfect, perfect thing to name it in English. Yeah, the the Go Home Club is a pretty lame. Yeah, pretty lame. But, but yeah, I mean. It's. Uh, can you imagine just have, getting plugged into a computer and being forced to live through the world of the Breakfast Club and Sixteen Candles on Infinite Repeat? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, e- even if you got to be one of the cool kids, it still sucks. I mean, that was the point of the Breakfast Club entirely. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, I-, I wish that the game was better because it was written by Satomi T- Satomi Tadashi, who wrote. Personas one and two, and can write an interesting story, but mm-hmm. and it's, I mean, the game certainly wears its persona genes quite. I'm obviously. sure that's how it got funded. It's like it'll be like Persona yeah. until they added some elements that made it impossible to be like Persona. <laughs> oh yeah, goes. See, that was some foodie you funded thing going on. Uh, you get a high variance of quality with Fudio. Yeah. I mean, if I've got money, I'll take a chance on Overdose and see what happens. But March is crowded because it's also when Super Robot Wars and Devil May Cry 5 and several other things I'm looking at. So, maybe not. 2019 looks fun. I hope it turns out okay. <laughs> when do we get those PS4 versions of uh, Trails? I don't know. Is the first one in March? Might be. Maybe it's Trails. later. Oh yeah, we should probably mention. Oh hey, Trails of Cold Steel uh, three coming to coming to North America, courtesy of NIS America. They're trying to reassure people. Like we got a bunch of the people who helped localize the Xseed ones, but I mean, like, it, proof proof's in the pudding here. Um, yeah. The only release date I'm seeing is early 2019. Interesting. I can't imagine, like, playing those on PS4. I'd never have the time. I mean, it's it's good for those games to come out and hopefully people to play them. But, yeah, we're, we're getting Cold Steel 3, so we aren't completely out of the loop on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, anyway, I need to get going soon. Okay. So, so again, for the audience, um, stories, Amazon.com princesses of the pizza parlor and because I mean I'm sure wheels can sympathize with this we both have the single most common first name for baby boys for 51 out of the last hundred years mm-hmm. <laughs> most of that consecutive and I don't think Michael has ever dropped out of the top 10 and since my middle name is also in the top 10, and my last name is literally number 35 out of most common family names in the country. 36 for Australia, 38 for England. <laughs> so um, I'm so these are being published under my wife's maiden name of Yabi Mizu. Um, Y-A-R-I-M-I-Z-U. Because it's a lot easier to Google, oddly enough. Um, Funny how that works. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, so it's uh, basically a series of... 
uh, novellas about an ongoing Dungeons and Dragons style tabletop game between a guy and his niece and her friends with a lot of clashing expectations and complete differences of opinion on what constitutes a good story. <laughs> so. hmm. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's the meta narrative. And then there's actually the in-game narrative where the princesses in the, the story are basically living out all of the real world issues in their own way. So, so if, if two, if two characters decide to come to the table and they're not talking to each other for a while, it gets a little tense. Um, yeah. It's just like a real tabletop. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it gets tense in character. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, it's, it, just check it out, have fun. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, uh, Princesses of the Pizza Parlor, because it's where it all takes place. And the first episode is already available, or again available. The second episode should should be again available in a few days as soon as I make sure that I actually fixed all those typos <laughs> and uh, tweaked some of the continuity bits and add the new cover. So new cover art and all this, I'm, ha- I'm really happy with that too. Nice. Excellent. Okay. So yeah, see you. See ya. See ya. So we are. All right. Let's go through the remaining questions. And we're done. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you aren't going to talk about... Did you get to talk about what you've been playing, Wales? Yes. I can't believe As it. it has been. It's, how far are you in Dolph's Sun? How many badges? Uh, I forget. I'm stuck at the fire totem. Oh, yeah. There's not really badges, but, you know. Yeah. Totems. So I, I've obviously started with the grass type, so that's kind of why I'm start, stuck at the fire totem. <laughs> Listen, Rowlet is important. He is a very good boy. It's true, except now he's uh, what is it, Dartrix the second? The second one where he's just like yeah. where the game explains that he's an idiot, <laughs> like the Pokedex just says that. Uh, I love Rowlet in the freaking anime because Ash's Rowlet is like sleeping all the time, and he's just like got him in his backpack. So to to like send him out, we'll just take him out of the backpack and chuck him. <laughs> 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 he doesn't really faster. do anything though. This is faster. Yeah. A bit, no, a bit of a dandy. <laughs> it spends, it spends its free time presenting its wings. Its preoccupation with any dirt on its plumage can leave it unable to battle. And then the Decidueye is just like some badass archer or something. Yeah, it grew out of being a very dorky teenager and became Decidueye. Yeah. I think it like, I always found it interesting that. Like, Rowlet loses a type. Does it? Doesn't it? Like, I'm not saying, yeah, because it loses its flying type. Um, and becomes Grass Ghost. Let me consult my Ultra Sun and Moon Pokedex here. Which also makes it uh, a Pokemon that is a bird that doesn't have the flying type in its final form. That's very weird. And yes, I have the actual uh, Pokedex book for Sun and Moon. Of course you do. <laughs> yes, the wrong letter. How do I spell? <laughs> how how does spell I? Me fail English? I feel like oh, and, al- 
but uh, the Rylet line is one of the better starters they've had in the past few gens. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so Rylet, Grass Flying, Dartrix, Grass Flying, Decidueye, Grass Ghost. Which is very weird. Also really neat just because it's a weird type combination. That's, that's a really weird type combination. I love I love Pokemon with strange typing combinations. Yeah. Speaking of strange Pokemon, I've been I went back to uh Vanilla Moon for a bit to do some Ultra Beast hunting and yeah. those things are weird. Funny how that works. <laughs> so, you wanna get... Also who who is Looker? Oh Looker he he's... was introduced in Gen four. He's a detective. Okay. I was like I've, this guy is on. This guy is a Pokemon. Is a card in the Pokemon card game. So I'm like, I, I don't think he's original to Gen Seven. So yeah, he is. He is Pokemon Interpol, basically. Nice. Yeah, that's fun. The the post game mission is basically you're hunting the Ultra Beasts for the international police. Yeah. So like, if you if you continue going back through some of those ones you missed, you will find that you will start you will see Looker in a lot of them. Nice. Uh, and in that same vein, I've continued on in um, Black a bit. Nice. Got past the first gym. I can't remember if I got past the second gym. I haven't played it in a few days. Uh, but I am really enjoying that game. It's the animations are really nice. It's the story is interesting so far and it just it there always seems to be something going on which i find fun it was it was uh the first time for a while that they had so like gen gen the gba is just gen 3 there's there's really nothing there's not even a hint of a future game at that point and so like they're they're their GBA Pokemon is just them asserting Pokemon's continued existence on this new platform. And yeah. Gen 4 is them doing that on the DS, and it's not until they can do multiple generations on one console that they can really start flexing to to really do something weird. And that's why Gens 5 and 7 are both a little, like, they're interesting because they, they do these the, the experimental second generation on one console. Yeah, I think th I think that's why Gen Four never really got me back into it because it was just like, oh, this is it's Pokemon, basically what I've already played. Yeah, and like that was that was useful because it was right around the point where a bunch of kids that had left it behind could now be nostalgic for it, and that's why Gen Four is a special place in a lot of people's uh, memory. But in general, like Gen Five is interesting because it can be uh, it's it's them spreading out and doing something a little different. Hot take, Gen 8 will uh, be partially alleviated from that by the fact that Let's Go will already have happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as much as people enjoyed Let's Go, I do not want them to keep that system of capturing the Pokemon. I, I kind of like it better. but I, I don't know, it just doesn't do it for me. Punching a Pokemon in the face and then throwing a ball at it is less amusing to me than just throwing balls. Yeah, well, I, for, for one thing, for sure, there aren't going to be any random encounters anymore. It's all going to be on I'm screen. perfectly fine with that as well. Yeah. <laughs> just make especially, random encounters a thing of the past. Especially when you're hunting stuff that's really convenient. Like, that was one thing I liked about um, when I've been messing around with uh, it, uh, Omega Ruby. They have that whole system where you can 
see which Pokemon are near you, and you like tap on them. And I forget, I don't know exactly how it works, but you have a little more control of hunting down exactly what you're trying to find instead of just randomly running through the grass until you get what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, have you picked up Tales of Vesperia Definitive Edition? I have. Put it in the system. Watch the cinematic. That was about it. <laughs> <laughs> Which cinematic? Just the intro? Or did you actually hit new game and start moving? Oh, no, just the one before, like... Before the title screen. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Why did you buy this? (laughs) I mean, I thought I was going to start it right away, and then it was just... eh. For me, it's competing with my Travis Strikes Again time, which is difficult. Do do I really want to start a Tales game right now? I haven't even finished Xenoblade 2. (laughs) That's a several hundred hour game. Uh... Especially if you intend to also do the DLC. Um, I do, but yeah, of course, it's like... Uh, yeah, like I, I, I've started it, I'm about six hours in. I, I, I got Rita, and I'm moving on from that to like the first port. And I, I've noticed a few more things, because the game is so character shorthand heavy, and it's been a long time since I played it, but like... So, like, Estelle is supposed to be naive, and I, I was ranting about this at, like, 2 a.m. to you on Skype. You weren't seeing it at the time, but that's when it was for me. I think I was, but I was like, uh... I don't feel like I'm, responding to this. And I'm, I going back to, I'm going back to Overwatch, because I've been playing a lot of Overwatch. Oh, you're a freaking criminal. Uh, <laughs> but, like, she's... Like, Estelle is supposed to be naive, but they kind of... She is forced to be naive to so much that it makes it mostly just sort of seem like she's ignoring most of the conversation and then keying on to one random statement being made and then not paying attention to anything else. And it's, uh, it, it makes her seem less naive and more like really stupid a lot of the time, which is a problem because she is supposed to be intelligent. Yeah. But, like... There's there's limits to how plausibly how plausibly someone can be naive. <laughs> uh, and the other thing is the thing the other thing I mentioned to you at like two a.m., which was uh, like Rita comes back to her house and says, "You sure made yourself at home?" And it's like it's two people sitting on the floor. <laughs> that is the least at home anyone has ever appeared in a group of two people. <laughs> two of them are sitting on the floor, and one of them is pacing. Oh my god. It's, uh... Like, they... They keyed on to two things for her character immediately. One is that she's rude, and the other is that she knows a lot about fake science. <laughs> and it's, it's just one of those things where, like, I feel like Vesperia is them hitting the diminishing returns when you rely on people already knowing the stereotypes of your cast, and then sort of move on from there once you've introduced them all, because it's taking long enough to introduce them all that it's eating, that it's like reaching a point where it's like, okay, I get that you're waiting for them all to be able to bounce off each other before you start changing them, but they kind of need more than this <laughs> to, to carry through these this first, oh, I literally forgot Carol and Repeat existed. Uh, <laughs> Repeat, they really have nothing to do, like, in my memory of playing the game, 
years and years ago. Repeat, they literally have nothing to do with. They have no idea what to do with him. It's just like we made a dog design, and we wanted you to have a full party faster, so you have the dog in your party. But as far as I can tell, I don't. They never give him a character beyond is a dog, and sometimes people seem like they understand what he's saying, but most of what he's saying is just like. Woof woof thing. bark bark. Well, what he's actually saying is, of course, woof woof bark bark. But, like, he's not actually commenting on anything other than to make a joke about him. Like, well, I'm not a do- I'm not just some dog. Like, that's, that's a lot of it. And Carol is just like, oh, it's the kid character. And it's like, you, you, like, everyone just keeps dunking on this 10 year old. And it's like, Okay, I get it, because he's a blustery ten-year-old who's lying about how experienced he is. But also, you're spending, you're ending a lot of scenes with the joke, and then a ten-year-old gets dunked on by an adult. <laughs> and it's just like this. Eventually, I'm just sort of uncomfortable that these adults are hanging out with this ten-year-old and just constantly belittling him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's fine. It remains a perfectly cromulent video game. <laughs> But, I mean, like, it's not exactly blowing my mind the way that uh, Travis Strikes Again. A game that is objectively less well put together, but it's also inherently a great deal more interesting to me, both for how it treats video games as a medium and how it interacts with the oeuvre of its creator. So it's much more cromulent? <laughs> no, no, cromulent. Am I us- is that using them? <laughs> okay. I wasn't sure, actually, how do, to do use you that not, word. Do you not remember that Simpsons joke? I, it's something about in Biggins, right? A noble spirit in Biggins is all this man. It's a perfectly cromulent word. Yeah, like it's a perfectly cromulent word, which I always took to mean just like perfectly valid. Yeah. <laughs> Your mileage may vary. Yeah, I will purchase it at some point. In... You'll purchase what? I thought you already owned uh, Vesperia. No, um, I was talking about Travis Strikes Again. Yeah, no, Travis Strikes Again is a much... Is a very different sort of game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, please purchase Travis Strikes Again. Um, oh, that I, I will bring up something that I wanted to bring up about Travis Strikes Again. Even though it's not real, it has RPG elements. There's leveling up. I'll pretend, and there's an equipment loadout that you have. So I'll pretend it's RPG enough for me to discuss just a little bit. Which is that it has. So the cre- director Suda Fifty One is very prone to wearing his influences on his sleeve. And there's these sections that are called Travis Strikes Back, which are the interludes between the action stages where the game has these long dialogue-heavy scenes explaining what is connecting these action scenes. And one of the ones that I... One of the things I really enjoyed is that the first thing that happens is you meet up with these two agents that are telling you about where you're going next. And they are named Bruno San Marino and Red Ribbon, which are both really specific, like really obvious on the nose references to two of Suda's great uh, influences and loves. Uh, Red Ribbon, the, the entire plot of Travis Strikes Again is at least in part like a Dragon Ball parody. So Red Ribbon is just named after the Red Ribbon Army. And I'm convinced that as a wrestling fan, that Bruno San Marino is named after, like, 60s 
perennial WWF champion, Bruno Sammartino. <laughs> Bearing in mind that Suda51's first video game he ever wrote was a fire pro wrestling game that is infamous for its completely insane clown shoes ending. Uh... For, for those who have somehow avoided this, this game has never been translated, but its ending has become an uh, unknown quantity and very much considered to be a specifically Suda sort of touch. Uh, Fire Pro Wrestling 3 Special, I want to say, is the one that he wrote on. And that is the game that has your character, like, he goes through the traditional, I'm going to be the champion of pro wrestling. He gets to the end, he becomes champion. And the ending is him committing suicide because he realizes that he has been using this chase of the championship to try to escape the emotional, like, the emotional depression that has been dogging him his entire life, and he no longer has a way to combat it by focusing on something else. Wow. Very soon. Very of very his type. Very well. Uh, but yeah, uh, Suda has often been prone to discussing games in a way that games themselves typically don't and what sections I've seen thus far seem to have well one they show an overwhelming love of indie games but also what sections I've seen so far are also very preoccupied with the creative process which is not a thing that uh, video games can typically explore in a meta narrative context uh, yeah, so please play No More Heroes, Travis Strikes Again. Um, if you like anything that is auteur, avant-garde, weird, or, uh, you know, not the experience you're used to having. I'm not sure if I do, but I'm going to try it anyway. What? said, I'm not sure if that's my thing or not, but I'm going to try it anyway. Good, good. Did you ever play either of the first two? Yes. Because okay. those are good, too. I'm not sure if yeah, you I agree. Had a good time with them. <laughs> no, I would. I don't think I finished any either of them, but I had a good time. That's a shame because No More Heroes One and Two both have some of my favorite games, game endings ever, for completely opposite reasons. <laughs> yeah, it's twenty-five bucks on the on the Switch eShop, so it's not uh, it's not too big of a risk. Uh, are we do Are we going to do anything for Kingdom Hearts Eve? <laughs> Uh, we probably should, I guess. So people should probably send in their Kingdom Hearts questions or stories or... Beware, I'm a Kingdom Hearts lore holocron. Nothing about uh, 350 whatever's over divisions garbage. I will go to bat for the ideas behind 358 Days Over 2. (laughs) I mean, gameplay-wise, it's fine. I would actually argue that that's the opposite Thing. The gameplay well, is its weak link. <laughs> the story was okay. Sell me on the story. I will marshal my arguments, and we will discuss this next week. Okay. <laughs> that sounds good to me. <laughs> uh, so we got anything else to go over this week? I'm really kind of at a loss. I mean, not unless you want me to talk about no more heroes for another hour. Um. Did you turn into, like, a fan that's on the buzz? Um, I don't know. But, Apparently I have. 
Listen, I'm going to have like two more months of talking about No More Heroes because it's got a bunch of DLC coming over by the end of April. So get used to it, buddy. Oh, boy. So you said it has multiplayer? Is that it does have, in fact true? Yeah, it has co-op multiplayer. Interesting. Do not let the little ones see it. <laughs> uh, I would not, Good. no. Definitely would not. <laughs> However, it does also end with... Uh, it does also have level... Like, boss fights always end with your character doing a powerful wrestling move on Nice. I appreciate it when the game... So, like, the game has different shirts you can equip. They're entirely... Uh, just for the sake of having a different look on your character. Uh, so most of them are indie game logos or like artwork from them to sort of promote them. Except for a couple of them. So there are some plain t-shirts and then two of them are just like diagrams of how to do wrestling holds. <laughs> like one of them is a tombstone pile driver and one of them is like a chicken wing face lock. Huh. <laughs> Which is interesting. Just you know, I mean, cool. Uh, I mean, like that is chicken chicken wing face lock is a relatively like someone was thinking about what they wanted to put on this shirt, and I guess they chose something very specific. <laughs> but it's it's a very specific move, and not yeah. one that they associate with anyone in particular, which is also interesting. No more heroes. Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, next week, Kingdom Hearts. I will probably not, like, Resident Evil 2 will be bursting out of me, and I will not be able to not discuss it for a brief moment, but I won't talk about it too much because it's not an RPG by any stretch of the imagination, except for the rumored roguelike mode. <laughs> Uh, um, what, 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 why? Excuse me, what, 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 what? People, people digging through the data in the one-shot demo found references to a rogue mode, and people are assuming that that is oh. uh, a roguelike mode. Go on. So there... Is there no, is that it? Like, that is, that is as much as people can say for certain is that there are references in the code to a rogue mode and that people think it might be a roguelike mode because Resident Evil 2 on the N64 and if, like some other Resident Evil games have had randomizers in some capacity that would move certain items around to make the game more, uh, more you know, interesting to keep replaying. And so, like, they couldn't really do the full roguelike of all the maps are randomly generated, but they could do things where it's, like, crowds of enemies and where weapons and items and key items are all randomized, and that would produce something that is similar and produces a similar interest. Right. So, I mean, you might see that in Resident Evil 2's season pass at some point. Uh, I am very interested by this now. We'll see what happens. There's other things that Rogue could refer to, but... No, I'm going to assume it's the cool thing. Uh, pew, pew, pew. But yeah, so we'll see what happens. Resident Evil. Uh, Kingdom Hearts. There's. Why did these two games that I've been waiting for for like a decade both come out in the same week? Good question. Never had that happen, Wheels? Question. That happened to you that often? Uh, it's happened. I don't understand how they bunch up like this. But yeah, you can send us questions in the usual place. Hopefully we'll have more to discuss that isn't just us rambling about whatever comes to mind. 
Yes, and I should be getting... Next episode should arrive, like, earlier in the week. I'm not really sure what happened last week. <laughs> I'm not sure really either. I didn't realize an excuse. that it happened. No, it was just... I think I had it uploaded the day before, and then I was sitting there on a Friday, and it was like, I did not post about the new episode. Shit. Oh man, you got so far into this one without swearing. Oh, <laughs> balls. <laughs> well, I said I did say badass before. It's true, like it's said, true. But that's allowed on. One count. of those is allowed on TV without anyone raising an eyebrow. And well, the other one is getting to that point, but. Yeah. <laughs> well, f word. Uh, but yeah, questions in the usual comments, usual place. Uh, ask me about Kingdom Hearts. Yay! <laughs> I'm a Kingdom Hearts lore holocron. I'm ready for it. I'll talk about nobodies and unversed and whether or not unversed were called unbirthed until someone Googled what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Google what that means. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a mistake. <laughs> but, yeah, so, you know. Uh, I guess, see ya, Space Cowboys. See ya. From the need so many problems to crack and miles to fade.